0: Section 106 of The Jumble Book This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Abel The Jumble Book by David Corey Across the Prairie Way back in the early days of this country, where there weren't any railroad trains crossing the Great Western Plains, only big herds of wild buffalo by day and fierce wolves by night, when the only way to reach one's destination was in a big, canvas-covered wagon drawn by oxen, when every man rode a horse and carried a gun, and when even the women knew how to handle a rifle. Then there were lots of Indians. Those were dangerous times, and it needed a brave heart and a quick hand and a steady head to overcome the perils of crossing the Great Plains in search of a new home and a fortune. This was what Dick's father was doing, however, and Dick was the happiest boy on earth, he thought, when they started out on their journey. The big prairie schooner was their Pullman car, and the patient team of oxen, the motive power. Dick was old enough to straddle a Mustang, and so he rode by Father and Uncle Billy. Mother and Aunt Mary, Sister Lou and Cousin Tommy all rode in the wagon, and when night came on, they got the supper, all except Billy, of course, he just watched. Father and Uncle Billy made the fire, and unhitched the oxen and tethered the ponies. Dick soon learned that the most important thing to do as the day came to a close was to find a good grazing place on which to pitch the tents for the night as the best grass for the animals must be selected with care, near water if possible. The animals must be looked out for first. Otherwise, how would they get anywhere if these faithful friends should become sick and die? The next thing Dick did was to collect for the fire the dry buffalo dung which covered the prairie, and after making a pile in the shape of a huge cone, he lighted a few sticks of kindling, a supply of which was always carried in a sack hung from the bottom of the wagon and soon the heap was a mass of dull, glowing coals. Then the tin coffee pail, and the frying pan, and then, thank goodness, for Dick was always hungry, supper. After that, they pulled down the big, long canvas of the back wagon cover, which was spread double over the top of the wagon during the day, and fastened it to the ground with pegs, and under this slanting roof, with the blankets between them and the earth, with their toes towards the fire, They slept quite comfortably through the night. The oxen and the ponies knew enough not to stray any great distance from the campfire, and if frightened at anything would come rushing back, helter-skelter for protection. They know that on the prairie man is their best friend and protector. What are those figures away over there to the westward? said Dick's father. Uncle Billy shaded his eyes with his hand and looked in that direction for a few minutes without answering. Don't know, he replied uneasily. They look like horses, but I don't see any riders. Nor I, replied Dick's father. But those wily redskins have a way of hanging over the far side of the animal so as to deceive anyone who happens to catch sight of them. They don't act like wild horses. It was an anxious moment. Neither man spoke for some time but rode along quietly, keeping a sharp lookout. However, in order to detect the slightest change in the appearance of the figures to the westward, they seem to be following our way, suggested Uncle Billy about an hour later. Supposing we pitch camp tonight a little earlier, that clump of trees yonder will give us some protection in case they turn out to be redskins. Good plan, murmured Dick's father, turning in the direction of the trees. We needn't let on that we're worried to the woman folks, he added. We'll just wait and see how things turn out. Maybe nothing will happen. But soon something did happen. About midnight, Dick's father awoke with a start. A shadow fell across the opening in the canvas. In another moment, he was grappling with an Indian. Over and over, he rolled, but the Indian had found his match. Dick's father was a powerful man, and whipping out his revolver, shot him dead. "'None too soon, for Uncle Billy was being hard-pressed by a number of redskins, two of which he had already laid low with his rifle. "'Get into the wagon, mother,' yelled Dick's father, "'and pick off a few with your rifle.' "'Mother and Aunt Mary were soon blazing away from the canvas fort, "'and after a short time the Indians retired, "'evidently to consider what was the next best move. "'Where's Dick?' said his father, looking around anxiously. Here I am, came a voice, and sure enough, under the wagon, crouching down behind the bag of kindling wood, which he had used for a shield, was thick. I cracked two, Dad, he called out. One engine was sneaking up by the pole when I dropped him. He's out there now. I can just see his outline. Just then, a number of arrows fell around the wagon, and Uncle Billy caught sight of half a dozen shadowy figures creeping along the grass in the shadows of the trees to the right look out he whispered let em get pretty close and then give em hail columbia it was a fierce struggle for the indians outnumbered our brave defenders twice the redskins rushed up close to the wagon only to be beaten off in time by courage and good markmanship both dick's father and uncle billy were nipped by arrows but not seriously hurt and dick himself had a narrow escape from being captured by a daring enemy who sneaked up behind but Dick turned and saw him just in time, otherwise our story would have had a sad ending. Mother and Aunt Mary bravely kept up the firing, and the Indians, thinking that there were more defenders than there were, finally withdrew, much to the relief of the besieged. There was no more sleep in the camp that night, and in the morning, at first break of day, Dick's father went out to investigate two dead Indians close to the camp testified to the good aim of its defenders. They took the other dead and wounded with them, said Dick's father, turning to his brave boy. They didn't dare come in so close to get them. I remember he was just about to tomahawk me as you shot him in the nick of time. Guess you saved your dad's life, said Dick, and Dick felt as proud as punch when his father slapped him on the back like a man. End of section 106 Recording by Joseph Abel of Lancaster, United Kingdom. My website is joseph